Hi, everyone. Welcome to Face to Face, a UC Davis podcast featuring students, staff, and faculty innovators. I'm your host, Chancellor Gary May. Stay tuned for my next guest. Hi, my name is Dira Dusnapudi, and I'm a junior here at UC Davis studying international relations and religious studies. At Davis, I've been able to pursue my passion of serving and supporting refugee communities. I am the student lead of the Human Rights Studies Program, Article 26 Backpack, which advocates for refugee students' human right to education wherever they may be. Dear, welcome to Face to Face. Thank you. It's great to be here. Well, thank you for being here with us. Uh, I'm glad to have you on the show to talk about your humanitarian work uh, around the world. Absolutely. Uh, you, 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 one of the reasons you chose UC Davis, I understand, was because of the Article 26 Backpack Program. Can you talk a little bit about the program and the work that you're doing? Yeah, absolutely. So as you mentioned, I did choose Davis in large part because of the program, um, because the program offers this really extraordinary experience to, you know, normal undergraduate students like me and like a lot of my classmates to really get involved in hands-on humanitarian work in a way that you don't really get with a lot of other programs. So Article 26 Backpack actually recruits students directly from undergraduate communities here at Davis, um, and they they are recruited into sort of these broad program teams um, that sort of work with students and refugee students all across the world from Armenia to Rwanda um, to sort of support refugee students' right to education. And what that looks like from a very practical standpoint um, is sort of supporting these refugee students' um, right to documentation. Um, when a refugee student is forced to flee from maybe their home country to a host country, um, they have a lot of things on their mind and maybe the top of their mind isn't always concerns about, did I bring my transcripts? Did I bring my diploma? All of these really small important things that are um, end up really accessing or allowing or hindering their access to higher education in the future. Um, so what we at Article 26 Backpack do um, is provide refugee students a platform to allow them to store and um, sort of upload their documents. That is so impressive and so needed uh, in this day and age. Can you tell us what opportunities or resources that you found uh, in human rights studies here at Davis? Yeah, absolutely. So human rights studies has really been a sort of home for me um, since I first got here. I already sort of had an inkling that I knew I would want to minor in human rights studies. But, you know, I think the very first human rights studies class I took, there was a there was a quarter where I actually took three human rights classes um, just back to back to back. And I was thinking, oh, you know, maybe this is going to be too much. Um, back when I didn't know a lot about human rights studies, I was like, oh, maybe they're really going to cover a lot of the same information. But, you know, I got there and every single day my class, my mind was consistently blown in all of those classes because we were talking about human rights in Asia and human rights in Latin America and, you know, indigenous rights and maybe even issues about genocide and mass atrocity. And I would realize, you know, not only how wide ranging all of these issues are, but also just how many incredible people there are working in every country around the world um, doing the really unsung work that really helps just ordinary people defend their rights, protect their lives, um, and keep them and their families safe. So um, human rights studies has really been a source of inspiration for me, and I've met some of my um, most amazing classmates um, from there as well. That's a great segue into my, my next question. Awesome. Why, do you, why do you think it's important for our students yeah. to study human rights and humanitarian work, and what role do you think that these studies have to play in the really complex and sometimes distant um, 
human rights issues that we face today? Absolutely. That's a great question. Um, so for Backpack, occasionally I have to give presentations. Um, and one of my favorite classes to give presentations to is Human Rights One, because it's this giant class with hundreds of students. And my favorite thing about that class is that a lot of the students aren't necessarily political science majors or international relations majors, where you would really expect, you know, oh, this sort of makes sense with you topically with your field of study. But you have a lot of uh, majors like engineering majors, um, chemical science majors, all sorts of different um, sort of fields and disciplines. Um, and these students are really brought here just because they're curious, because they're interested. It's a term they've heard used before and they want to learn more about it. And that's so exciting to me that people are starting to say, oh, you know, this is a really interdisciplinary field. This is really important. You know, if I'm going to go into the medical field, I need to know a lot about human rights because it's important that I pursue this profession ethically. Um, so I think that having this department here where it's not major um, restricted, where anyone can sort of take classes from that department is so extraordinary because I think it really emphasizes that human rights is something that can and should pervade really every aspect of the way we interact with each other. Um, and, you know, like you mentioned, sometimes these issues can feel so distant, so far away. Um, I know especially, you know, as an undergraduate, you have this sense of being a very young person and you think, I'm limited in maybe in what I can do. But I think human rights studies really proves to you that education is as much of a tool as any form of protest or activism. Um, and that if we have the opportunity to educate ourselves on these issues, we should take it. That's all really true. I think even us engineers have to broaden our horizons and learn about some of these issues and absolutely. be able to contribute to, to uh, the world in different ways. And vice versa. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Um, I understand that uh, last summer you had an internship uh, at a refugee agency in, in D.C. Mm -hmm. um, can you tell us about that experience and uh, what you did to learn about communications regarding these refugee crises? Absolutely. So I interned for USA for UNHCR, which is the UN um, branch that handles sort of refugee issues and advocacy around refugee communities. Um, so what I did was uh, as a communications intern, I really looked into this sort of complex dilemma that I think a lot of humanitarian communications professionals face, which is you know, the refugee crises and displacement crises are so complex. And everyday people who obviously want to empower to speak out on behalf of their refugee neighbors, maybe their refugees themselves, you know, we want to empower them, but we also want to recognize they have a lot going on in their own lives. And we never want to let our advocacy be a platform for us to say, oh, this is something you should care about, but you're not. And really, creating that messaging of guilt. That's definitely not where you want to go with that communications. You really want to be able to say, you know, this is something that matters to you. This is something that matters to your community that actually does affect your daily life. So figuring out how to break through, um, I guess, the typical saturation of messaging we have, you know, every day around the world and say, hey, this is something that really matters, that really affects um, the way we live as a, you know, country morally um, was really my, my task that summer, which is very broad, but also I did databases and spreadsheets and stuff <laughs> like that. Yeah. Sounds like you got a lot out of the experience. I was, I was absolutely incredible. Good, absolutely. good. Yeah. Well, based on all this, what do you see yourself doing after graduation? You know, that's a great question. I have this conversation with my parents at the dinner table every time I visit, and I feel like my answer switches every time. Um, I'm not entirely sure. Grad school is always on the table, of course. Um, but I think my internship really um, also solidified for me that um, something that really matters to me is being able to, quote unquote, work in the field, um, wherever that may be, and just sort of understand what I, as a person with my privilege, sort of with my positionality, and also my sort of educational background can really do to serve and support these displaced communities. So I'm starting to lean towards maybe entering the job field after um, undergrad and just really getting some experience and recognizing, oh, this is something 
that I didn't learn that I really need to learn before I go to grad school and, and being able to ensure that, you know, the next segments of my education are really reflecting on the ground realities. Well, whether you go directly to graduate school or into an employment situation, mm-hmm. why do you think it's important to continue this humanitarian work? Absolutely. Um, I think that's a great question because I think ultimately in the end, um, specifically regarding my work in displacement, displacement is something that is going to affect us all. Um, I think Sometimes as Americans, or I, I guess as consumers of American media, we have this tendency to think that displacement is a very geographically limited issue. It only happens in certain segments of the world. But, you know, I'm a Northern California local. I grew up 45 minutes away. Um, and I know, you know, the impact that wildfires have on Californians. I know the impact that typhoons and floodings and hurricanes have on Americans. Um, displacement is a reality. It is a lived reality. And it's going to start affecting everyone in the world very soon. Um, and I think that's what really um, provides urgency to my work. Those are some great examples of how it can affect us even here in absolutely, California. Absolutely. Um, I want to change gears a little bit and mm-hmm. do something fun. Absolutely. Uh, we have a segment on Face to Face, which we call uh, the Hot Seat. Okay, and, great. And uh, what the Hot Seat is, I'll ask you some rapid fire questions. Okay. I'm looking for one word or one sentence, gotcha. really brief answer. Absolutely. Uh, you ready to go? Let's do it. Okay, here we go. Uh, favorite class you've taken at UC Davis? Oh. <sighs> I just took a um, seminar on Islamic law, gender, and authority, and it was three hours a week, and I thought I would be absolutely exhausted, but I loved that class because it was just like 12 people, so I got to sort of hear my classmates' opinions and sort of understand where they were thinking and what their reasoning was, um, and it just felt really connected and really tight as a class, which was um, such a unique experience. Great. You want to give your professor a plug? Uh, yeah, Professor Syed. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> if you could meet anyone, alive or not, who would it be and why? Oh, that is such a difficult question, but I think that um, maybe one of the first women that come to mind. When I was in high school, I, I took a debate class um, and we were supposed to sort of give a speech about anything. Um, and my mom is this huge fan of Eleanor Roosevelt. Absolutely huge. Um, I like grew up on listening to like stories of everything she did um, for women's equality at home and internationally. So I gave this speech on Eleanor Roosevelt. And I think if I could meet anyone dead or alive, she would probably have to be pretty high up there because um, she was working in a very difficult context just in terms of, you know, being a woman, being a woman in politics. But she was able to establish, accomplish what she accomplished with just this pure tenacity and grit. Um, and I think that moral courage is something I could learn from. That's a really great answer. And your mom will be proud. <laughs> Fingers crossed. <laughs> um, best book you've read recently? Oh, gosh, I wish I had known these questions beforehand because now I'm fe- thinking, oh, I'm going to get out of this interview for like forgetting like three things. Or any book that you've read. Best book I've read recently. Um, there is, it's, um, it is a bit of a uh, more serious book, absolutely. Um, but there is a book I had to read for one of my human rights studies class um, called regarding the Rwandan genocide by journalist Philip Gorovich. It was called We Regret to Inform You That We Will Be Killed Along With Our Families. It's a very, very serious topic, very somber. Um, but I thought it was written with such compassion and dignity for the victims of that horrible, horrible atrocity. Um, I think it's so difficult to discuss these sort of issues uh, without becoming desensitized to them or um, taking liberties. So I love the way he led with compassion. That's a great topic. Did you ever see the movie Hotel Rwanda? I did Don not, Cheadle? but I, I've heard many, many good things about it. Absolutely. It's, it's, a, it's a great movie. It's it's, it's a little, uh, I think it came out in the 90s, so it's a little older, but uh, I recommend it if you get a chance. Absolutely. Uh, let's see. Best spot to study on campus? 
I love this question because a lot of people don't actually know that Mandavi opens for a few days at the beginning of finals week and they give you free coffee. Sometimes they give you free treats. There's a bit of classical music. So I like to like pretend I'm sort of in an upscale like little, um, I don't know, little resort and just sort of grind on my um, homework. But yeah. First time I've heard that answer. That's a good one. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, I ask all my guests this question. Mm-hmm. What artist is at the top of your playlist right now? I love Florence and the Machine. Um, she's I, I run a lot, and I will just like run just listening straight through her albums. She's she's the best, absolutely. Good answer. Yeah. How far do you run? I'm I'm a bit of a long distance runner, so I I try to keep it maybe a bit on the longer side. Just sort of run till like my mind shuts up a little bit and I can relax a little. Yeah. Okay. You're like my wife. She likes to run ten miles, half marathons. Wonderful. Yeah. 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 I hope to see her around sometime. Yeah. I don't yeah. need that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, transition. Time for you to ask me anything you want to ask. Absolutely. So I was I was thinking about um, what I should ask you, and I know that you have this extensive background in engineering, which is absolutely fascinating to me. I have a roommate who's an engineer, and we're always asking her to fix everything in the house from top to bottom. So that's something you know I've always admired about engineers is that sort of unique ability to address a sort of situation in a way I wouldn't think about. So I wanted to turn that on its side and ask you, you know, is there a humanities or social sciences field that you ever might would have been interested in studying and why? Yeah, that really is a good question. Um, I've always had an interest in philosophy. Absolutely. Uh, I read, you know, Nietzsche and Kierkegaard sure. and, and all sure. these uh, philosophers. And I think if I had a, a social science or humanities uh, discipline, I would pick philosophy Absolutely. to study. Very, very cool. And then the other question I did want to ask you, again, maybe a little bit more serious is, you know, as someone who is in these human rights classes, I'm also a double major in religious studies. So a lot of times in a lot of classes, we are talking about topics that are really sensitive and personal to so many of my classmates and maybe even the instructor. Um, So I wanted to ask you, you know, as someone who is basically the biggest figure in campus life, how would you or what advice would you give to students um, who want to engage in these sort of discussions around really weighty and um, important topics with either fellow classmates, instructors, just people in campus life? It's a really timely question, as you can imagine, given world events, we've all been engaging in these kind of discussions. I would say um, what I try to do is to have empathy. Mm-hmm. And to be able to put myself in the other person's place, mm-hmm. and give some space for their point of view. And then I would say, don't always be so certain that you're right. Absolutely. You know, uh, yeah. allow some uncertainty in your in your perspective and uh, some openness in your mind to allow for some other perspectives to 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 help build what you think and what you what you've learned. Wonderful. So, yeah, those are my answers. Wonderful. Um, well, I think uh, that's it for today. Really glad you were able to come and talk with us on Face to Face. I'm sure the audience enjoyed it as well. Thanks to everyone for listening. Tune in next time on Face to Face. Go Ags!